God. All right, y'all. So welcome again to the Truth First Missions podcast and video cast. If you're watching us on Facebook, Instagram, online, wherever you're at, this is the State of the Church and Biblical Prophecy, episode four. I got some good brothers on, uh, Minister Derek Hallett from Sound of Trumpets, Minister Sal Pacheco, just, uh, just discussing some basic topics. A lot of the things we're going to be discussing, people have heard about apostasy in the church and also being lukewarm. But one thing is, as Christians, we're supposed to bring things to our remembrance. We can forget as people. So we want to bring these things to your remembrance to encourage you to stay focused, locked in, on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ, especially now where you have a lot of distractions in the atmosphere right now. So we're just going to open up with some very simple questions. We're going to try to keep this as practical as possible so you can take away things you can incorporate into your life, into your spiritual life. That's the goal here. The goal is that after these talks, you can take what we talked about and incorporate it yourself to build you up so Jesus Christ can use you. It's not about us here. So we just want to thank you for tuning in. Wherever you're from, whatever country you're from, we thank you for joining. We've been getting some people on the podcast from different countries. That's a blessing. God is using the internet and the World Wide Web to reach people. So no one's going to be without excuse to say they've never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we're just going to open up with our first question. Uh, and I want to I want to ask it to Brother Hallett and Brother uh, Sal. Um, I'm going to back off a little bit. I want you guys to really flow and let the Holy Spirit speak through you guys today. We're living in a time of apostasy like no other. I mean, the Bible talks about that these are going to be days of apostasy, that these are going to be days of error and uh, spiritual darkness, deception. Jesus himself said in the Matthew 24 in the Olivet Discord, when they asked him, hey, what is going to be the sign of your coming? The first thing he mentioned was, let no man deceive you. That's a major point right there. So we want to make sure that the people of God, God's children are not being deceived, ourselves included. We want to stay focused and we want to make sure that the gospel that we preach and the gospel you're listening to, everyone listening to us, is pure. So the first question here I want to ask you both is, in your opinion, Brother Hallett, you can go first. In your opinion, how has apostasy increased in the last 10 years from your perspective and standpoint? Well, I mean, from where apostasy, you know, really just, you know, comes from the Greek word apostasia, which basically means falling away. You know, when you got people who deviate from the truth, it's mostly due to belief systems that become built up. And I think what brings in a lot of those beliefs are, you know, false doctrine, uh, a lot of things that are not biblical and people start going into their own ideas and coming up with other, you know, methods and ways that deviate from the word. And when you deviate from the word, you're going to have falling away because if the Bible is the truth, people are falling away from the truth. So if you're falling away from the truth, it's because you're not in the truth. And I think that what's being preached, um, a lot of false prophets in the pulpit, they're the ones that are actually, you know, promoting a lot of this stuff because, you know, we were all raised naturally to obey your pastors, obey your leaders. You know, the man behind the pulpit was synonymous with a word of, you know, the man of God. 
but basically, you know, anybody behind it, they got so many behind the pulpits today that are preaching things that are not true. And I think the biggest part of that is where it's coming from, why, why it's falling away, because people are still equating the man in the pulpit as the man of God. When Jesus said that guy could be a hireling. Mm -hmm. Amen. Brother Sal. Amen. Uh, I agree with uh, what Brother Derek just said. Um, I also believe that uh, the great, I, uh, there's been a falling away, right? But it's, it's progressive. But what the church taught, or what uh, John talked about in the book of Revelation was the great falling away. The great apostasy is talked about also in, uh, in other books of the Bible. Um, I think it was uh, uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and 3. Yes. Um, it talks about the, the the great falling away. So we know that the world has progressively been falling away and going into apostasy. And, and we're, uh, we could see it picking up speed now, but there's going to be a moment in time where there's going to be an absolute, like great uh, deception and a falling away from truth. So in order to, I believe that in order to fall away from something, you actually have to have been in it. You know, in, in the book of Revelation, uh, in um, uh, Revelation 3.14, it starts and it, and it talks about um, the lukewarm church, mm -hmm. you know, and how, how they how they departed, you know, and uh, and this is what it says in verse 17. It says, because you say that I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and know that you are and know not that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. See, this is people that are increased with goods. They're, they they have uh, uh, they're productive. They they have uh, success. They 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 have uh, prosperity. Uh, they they don't think that they need anything. You know, the, and this is written to actual believers in a church. So uh, this is actually talking to Christians. You know that that they were lukewarm. They they were, uh, you know, they weren't hot or cold. They're riding the fence. Mm -hmm. uh, that they needed anything. You know, they they probably were the type of people that said, "Oh, uh, you know, I accepted Jesus Christ, so I'm saved. So, but now I don't need anything. So, you know, I have my riches. I have money. I have all this stuff. And and their their love for for God is waxing cold. That's what I believe. Well, you know, I agree with that because um, that what Sal brought up was another great point about, you know, the church being married to the world. Mm -hmm. And when the church desired to be like the world, the falling away is automatic. Oh, yeah. You know, that's what's coming. So I agree. Oh, yeah. And that's the whole thing with commitment. Once we come into Christ or once somebody professes Christ, you know, there's a big deception that says there's, you don't have to commit your life and riches and comfort can deceive you when you're too comfortable in this world it's a pulling it's a it's an ensnarement because once you're called to be uncomfortable once you're called to give up your riches or even or even give part of that at one point in time god uses that to test us through the spirit he uses that to test us and sometimes we don't want to give things up because comfort is an ensnarement i want to read something really quick I just want to share something real quick. And I want to give, does everybody see that, brothers? You see that there? Um, yeah, I see it now. Okay. Yep. 
So just for everyone that's watching and everyone that's going to be hearing this in the future, this is what apostasy, which it comes from the Greek word apostasy that Brother Derek uh, just mentioned. Apostasy is the turning away from God in rebellion or apathy, which is lukewarmness, right? Apathy being lukewarm. God's people must beware of inward rebelliousness. So there's a root to this rebelliousness as much as the outward wickedness that manifests such rebellion. So apostasy is the turning away from God in rebellion or apathy. God's people must beware, God's people, not the world. We have to beware of inward rebelliousness as much as the outward wickedness that manifests such rebellion. In the Old Testament, this describes apostasy using words like rebellion, which is the Hebrew word mara, to rebel, and turning away in rejection, backsliding. We see that in Jeremiah 8.5. God's people are supposed to turn back, but instead they turn away, which entail gives us the falling away. So we need to be on point as men of God, women of God, as believers, disciples to be taking a spiritual temperature of where we're at in the spirit. And I believe there's some spiritual principles that we can adopt in our lifestyle as we live in Christ to stay, to keep oil in our lamps. There's one thing that Jesus says, right? He says, when midnight hour comes, that midnight hour is always a, a shadowing type of when it gets really dark, right? There's gonna be five, there's gonna be 10 virgins, right? That number 10 is that governmental system of God's government, that 10. But there's going to be five that is going to be without oil. They're going to be empty and they're going to be trying to trim their lamps with no oil, but there's going to be five that got it. And we want to be the five that got the oil, which is a shadow and type, a symbol of the Holy Ghost. So that's, I believe that's where we're at right now. We got those with the oil, those with that don't have the oil and it's becoming, it's getting close to midnight. So we want to encourage people, you know, to get that oil. If you feel like your spiritual life is waning, um, anybody want to add to that as well? Uh, yeah, I, I want to bring up a point. Like when you were just talking about apostasy, it's funny how that definition was right there with what Sal and I was saying. Mm -hmm. He mentioned the lukewarm. Yep. And I was talking about the what's coming from the pulpit and, you know, in other areas like that in belief systems. And, you know, if you look at Ezekiel uh, 16 and 49, mm -hmm. when it talks about the iniquity that Sodom, you know, committed, it's funny how everybody will think, you know, homosexuality was the only thing that went, but homosexuality was just a symptom of what the bigger problem was that was going on in the heart. And he says, uh, behold, uh, this is the iniquity of thy sister Sodom, pride, that's the first, fullness of bread, like slothfulness, laziness, like Sal mentioned, um, you know, rich in need of nothing. And it says the abundance of idleness, which is like, you know, slothfulness. Then it says, uh, was in her and in her daughters, neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. So she was greedy. And then it talks about that they were haughty and committed abomination. So you see, it all begins in the pride. And when you can think of self and doing what you want to do, you see, you've already fallen away without the, you know, the benefit of committing the act and walking out the door, you know, just to turn in your heart. So I agree, bro. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Amen. And you talking about self, that leads us into a perfect scripture that Paul warns us about, about perilous days shall come, mm -hmm. and that we're going to be in a time where there's going to be self on the throne. And I just want to read the first part of it. And we know this one because we've read this many times. I hope we've read this many times because this is a warning. And this is uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. It says, but understand this, that in the last days, there will be times of difficulty, perilous times, for people will be lovers of self. That is the first thing he mentioned. So with what Brother Derek is saying about loving self, the first thing Paul equates the last days to is the love of self with perilous times. So there's a there's something that goes hand in hand with this. The perilous times and many being lovers of themselves. And once again, Paul wrote to Christians. He wrote to Timothy that was a pastor at Ephesus, which was one of the biggest churches in the New Testament church, the early church. And they were dealing with this already. Imagine us already 2,020-something years ago that we are in a time where we see the love of self on the throne right now, equating to perilous times. Amen. Self, man. That's yeah. it. That's, yeah. what you, that's, what, that's why Jesus Christ said that you had to uh, take, take up your cross and follow him, you know, that we ought to be crucified with Christ, that we should crucify our members and crucify our body and crucify our flesh. The, the, the whole New Testament is about crucifixion, but not just the crucifixion of Christ, but the crucifixion of self. Yep. That's it right there. Putting yourself on the cross. And it took me time, you know, and I'm still starting to see how, you know, that scripture that you just read is really, man, so important. How, how can self-love be dangerous? Mm -hmm. But, you know, the more we go through ministry, the more we deal with individuals in life, man, self-life is extremely dangerous because, you know, to exalt self, look at how many things may take place. You may betray others. You know, you may not be about the things of God. You know, you might want to build yourself up at the expense of anything. Mm -hmm. And that's why the Bible says in uh, James 3, where there is confusion. Yes. You know, um, there is uh, every evil work where there is strife and confusion. The, the only time that people ever fight and contend is because of self. Yes. To gain control or to gain victory. So, there is no telling what any individual will do to you, including betray you, slander you. I mean, just want you out of the way simply that they could be exalted. That, that, you know, I totally understand how self-love and the self-life can be extremely dangerous. Mm -hmm. Driving in the perilous times, bringing in those times of peril. First amongst the body of Christ, right? The, the church represents the church is the pillar of a society. That's how God looks at us, right? The church is, there goes the church, there goes the society that people live in or the nation that you're living in. So that's that's definitely a way we can take the temperature. The second question I wanted to ask you brothers was, what are some ways Christians, believers, disciples can keep themselves from being lukewarm if they're falling into that and from becoming spiritually ap apathetic in our generation? What are some ways that, Christians can keep themselves from flowing into, because it happens very subtle. Like you said, Brother Derek, it's a subtle thing. How can Christians keep themselves from go eventually becoming lukewarm or spiritually apathetic in our generation? 
So you talking to me or Sal? Uh, brother Sal, what what is your what would you be your prescription for that? My my uh, the logic that I would use to to follow that question would be to because uh, it's very easy to say, oh, you just got to read your Bible, you got to go to church, you 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 got to pray, you got to do all these mechanical things, you got to fast, you yeah, you have to do all that. Those are mechanical things, but you also I believe you have to do kind of what we're doing here. You have to surround with your, yourself with believers that are on fire for the Lord. That 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 if your fire is going out, you you gotta uh, uh, talk to guys like you know like when, sometimes when I'm feeling down, I'll call brother Eric, brother Derek, you know, uh, brother uh, Pastor Span, you know, a, a couple other brothers who I know that are on fire for the Lord, whether they tell me they are or not. I see it differently. You know what I mean? These guys are on fire, man. I got to go get my fire stoked and get my morale boosted up. I got to, I got to stay around the fire so that I can stay on fire myself. Because uh, if you're alone, say, say you build a fire, right? And you got a bunch of logs on there and, and, and you got the fire burning. And then all of a sudden something happens, you know, I don't know if you've ever been camping, but you have a fire, a log on there. And then one of the top logs rolls off it's got flames on it, but it's over there on the other side of the fire. It's not in the fire anymore with the other logs. The the fire, the flame start, slowly starts to dwindle down and pretty much is just smoldering and then it loses its fire. But you got to, if it, that log could always be put back on the fire and, and, and by the other logs and the heat that they're creating will catch that other log on fire. And that's what I think that we need to do, bro. We, we need to stay on fire for the Lord. We need to stay in contact with each other because we never know. Well, uh, a, a brother might have fall, you know, fallen off the fire or is not getting fire, but we may be on fire at that moment in time and, and we could be, uh, you know, an incendiary device to, to that person. So staying together, that's why the Bible, I think it says, uh, do not forsake the gathering of yourself together, especially as you see the day approaching. So that, that's what I would say. Amen. Um, I, I agree. You know, I think that, um, you know, each part has its place. Like, I do believe that we can't do without fellowship. You know, I think that that is 100% necessary that we stay connected to the body. But, you know, I, I think, too, that like Sal mentioned, the mechanics, you know, those must be done. And I mean, even in my personal time, you know, I pray to God, very simple things like, Lord, help me to fulfill the first and great commandment of the law. Help me to delight myself in you in prayer. Help me to get to different places of intimacy with you. And the first thing he does is he'll show you your idols, you know, and he moves those out of your life so that we could draw closer to him because, you know, we definitely need uh, fellowship. We definitely need the mechanics, the prayer. It's like each thing has, has its place, but one thing I think we don't want to be is a junkie because, you know, if you become a junkie, you're basically feeding off of others, you know, or your next sermon, your next fix, or something to keep yourself going. Like, you definitely want to have a fire of the Lord smoldering within you, but you definitely want to kindle with other brothers that you can be, you know, a greater fire. So I, I agree, man, with, with what Sal said.
Amen, bro. I mean, that that's it right there. It's uh, fellowshipping with others of a like-minded faith that have the fire of the Holy Ghost, but also kindling and stirring up the gift in you, that fire, that river, the rivers flowing out of your belly, those type of things. And sometimes those mechanics help that happen, whether it's prayer, fasting, worship. You know, I, I believe, and the Lord has been showing me this in, in, in just very little ways like we don't always have to be in church to raise our hands and worship we should be doing that at home right mm -hmm. we should be having our, our our worship list and straight up blasting it you know and straight up raising our hands and saying jesus i love you i praise your holy name like that's powerful because we don't need the crowd we don't need to be railed up what we're doing is we're we're going into the presence of god through worship and praise and we're allowing that fire to be kindled. And then when we get together, like what we're doing here now, or what we do on, you know, when we together, when we gather, if you're gathering on Sundays at a local spot, the fire's already there. And like what Sal said, hey, we're coming together and that fire's, you know, raising up. So it's very important that we have those mechanics, but we ba we balance it with fellowship. I don't believe right now that the, the hour's too late for us to be lone wolves and Hey, God is showing me all this revelation and nobody understands me. So I'm going to be hiding out in this cave, you know, now, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm going to be, you know, somewhere uh, uh, by myself because I'm getting so much revelation and I'm so in the clouds and the heavens. No, man, God wants you to, to fellowship because it, it prunes us too, right? I, I say this too. We all got jagged edges, especially the brothers, you know, the sisters too. Come on, y'all got jagged edges. And what happens is, we come together. Sometimes them jagged edges start rubbing, and it's like, okay, we gotta, we gotta get them stones together. We are living stones being put together, like Paul, uh, like Peter said in his epistle. So let's not forsake the gathering, right? Like, like Sal said, because we need that kindling from each other. But also, how are we kindling the fire within us? Because that's where the ten virgins come in. Do you have the oil? Have you been cultivating the oil? Right. And how do you get oil? You know, olives, but olives get pressed. <laughs> and, wow. you know, this Christian life, you're going to get pressed. And mm -hmm. while you're being pressed, can you have the joy in Christ? The joy, right? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Can you still have the joy of the Lord while you're being pressed? And that's the human dichotomy, man. You're being pressed. You're being pressed down so you can produce some oil. But, man, you still you can't grit your teeth. <laughs> The yeah. children of Israel in the wilderness, they gritted their teeth. And we said, <laughs> and we saw what happened. They didn't yeah. get into the promised land. Each and every one of you listening to me or listening to these brothers and these brothers themselves, us, all of us here, we got a promised land. God says, I have an inheritance for you across the Jordan. But, you know, we're going to be pressed a bit. And when we get to that place, we're going to be able to handle that blessing and those responsibilities and that inheritance. So, you know, if you're listening to me or you're watching us on Facebook, don't forsake the gathering of one another because you feel like you're too spiritual, right? Because that could, that's a deception. That's a spirit of pride and self-righteousness. But don't, for, don't, for, don't forsake the, the spiritual disciplines to stir up the fire in you. Very, important. very important. And then Amen. the third question uh, for Brother Derek, which, and this is going to be a good one, which doctrines of demons are most prevalent right now during our time. And I just want to make a quick note for everybody. The word doctrine is, is you know, you want to call it a religious word. 
there'll be people watching us that don't have a, a background in Christ. Just means the teaching. What teachings of demons are most prevalent right now in our time that we're seeing on the internet, we're seeing on social media, we're seeing on TV, you know, what teachings, doctrines of demons are most prevalent right now, Brother Hallett? I honestly think it's the, it's the doctrine of self. Go. <laughs> yes. Because the whole thing is, you know, if you were to take into account once saved, always saved, you know, a lot of people will say, well, I believe that I'm once saved, always saved. We know that that's a false doctrine. Mm -hmm. But in order to believe that, you've got to be self-focused. If the Bible says that we are married to the Lord and we desire to, you know, go out and live like we want to, contrary to the word, then we really don't believe that we are married to the Lord. If we're a spouse to the Lord, we're engaged with the Lord, then we got to know that to violate his word is to violate what he feels. He puts his word above his name. Amen. When we do things contrary to the word, you know, you can fall into any false gospel there is out there. I believe, you know, uh, once saved, always saved is a big one. And, you know, that gives way to prosperity. That gives way to so many different things, man. You know, like, like I just feel like, yeah, once it becomes about you, you can believe anything that's false, man. And that's going to drive people that way. But I will say, once saved, always saved is a big one. Mm -hmm. I know, you know, a lot of people don't like to say much about the preacher of rapture, but once again, to believe in the preacher of rapture is a doctrine of self. Mm -hmm. You see, I'm leaving before everything happened. That's what I choose to believe. So, you know, Jesus says, if you find your life, you'll lose it. But if you forsake your life for him, you'll find it. So I think the doctrine of self is the worst one of all. That's what's going on. So it's easy to believe a lie because I want to preserve me. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. For the Sal, yeah, that's true. Amen. Amen. And and I can uh I don't think I could bring a better example because I think that uh what uh brother Derek said about the doctrine of self, the doctrine of self will automatically be an umbrella to everything else under it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it, it's it's about pleasuring uh flesh. It's about pleasuring lust. It's about pleasuring desire. It's about pleasuring uh, uh, your your feelings, uh, uh, exalting yourself above others. Um, you know all these things, mm -hmm. and and I would agree that uh, the pre-tribulation rapture is definitely going to be part, uh, and and it ties into the uh, the great apostasy. I believe, mm -hmm. you know, because. Uh, this this is what I uh, wrote down here. Uh, you know, in Second uh, Thessalonians uh, two and three, it says the falling away uh, about the falling away, the first uh, apostasia, which is defined as defection from the truth, uh, to forsake and and to believe uh, that you know to, the falling away or to forsake. They believe that the uh, a lot of people believe. That the falling away in Second Thessalonians two, uh, two and three is the rapture, you mm -hmm. know, when it's far from the truth. Because if you look at um, uh, in uh, uh, First Thessalonians chapter four and sixteen, it talks about being caught away, and they're two different words. Mm -hmm. Rapture, caught away, mm -hmm. is the word harpazo, uh, 
falling away is the, the Greek word apostasia. So they're two different words, two different definitions, and two different meanings. So, so to, to misinterpret a word in a certain passage and try to appropriate uh, a, a rapture and to prove that, that you're going to be uh, gone and that the falling away is, is the rapture, and then that's when the, the son of perdition appears, that's false. That's a false doctrine. That's a doctrine of the devil. Amen. And I believe that when people actually see the Antichrist being enthroned, and they're Christians, and they've been believing in a pre-trib rapture this mm. whole time. It's gonna, it's gonna destroy their faith, and and I believe that that it's gonna, it's gonna cause a great falling away mm. from Christianity. Amen. Amen. I mean, you. That's the, that's the American culture's mindset, right? Like, hey, persecution is happening over there, right? but it's not going to come over here. And that's impossible to say that brothers and sisters in places like, you know, Saudi Arabia, Iran, China, those places that are in Nigeria, you know, just is on the, on one of the watch lists right now and open doors, they're really killing you in Nigeria to follow Christ. You know, all yeah. the places like they're going through that, but yet here in the West, we're not going to go through that. That's not true. We're, we're going to be pressed. Like I was saying before, we're going to be pressed. So yep. I do believe that the pre-trib rapture is definitely a doctrine of demons and it's, lower, it's lowering your discernment and it's not keeping you sharp because I, I believe a lot of people right now that have believed in the pre-trib rapture, they're actually changing their tune because you see what's happening on the global scale. You see the world coming together. You see organizations like the WEF, World Economic Forum, the WHO, the World Health Organization, the UN 2030 agenda, that's an antichrist spirit. Yeah. It's we're yeah. right on the we're right on the cusp. I mean, if you're listening to me, listening to me right now, you're watching us and you know, you don't really know Christ yet or you're you're not a believer, hey, what's written in the Bible is coming to pass right now. The world is being set up to receive the man of lawlessness, the son of perdition, right? Yeah. The the man of sin. But he, ha I believe he has to prepare the people to receive him first. Yeah. He has to, he has to prep the heart to receive, right? So mm -hmm. we're, we're in that time. So do not fall for that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you don't have to be talking about, I got to run to the hills, but don't fall for that because we're in a time right now that, listen, all the global organizations, all the, all the global organizations, all they have to do is shut the money system down. And we're going cashless right now. They can do that. They have the technology to do that. Folks, if you're listening to me, if you're hearing us, they have the technology to do it. You can pay with your phone, right? You can pay with your Apple watch or your Samsung watch. You can pay through cash app, PayPal. You don't need cash. What is that telling you? That's telling you that they have the infrastructure technologically to go cashless. And that's where the mark of the beast is going to be instituted. So we, we're, we're here sounding the trumpet, right? To tell people, get ready. Because while you're believing you're going to fly away, you're going to be snatched away, harpazo, you're going to be here being pressed. Now, there's scripture that backs this up as well. I, and I've had my talk with, with pre-trip people. But understand that I like what, what Brother Sal brought up about the difference of words. Harpazo, which is the snatching away, that's the actual word for the rapture in the original language and the word apostasia 
they've taken the word apostasia and they made it uh, made it to say a Greek word called uh, apostahistomai, right? Which is a spatial, a spatial departure. That is not the case. Apostasia is apostasia and harpazo is harpazo. So yes, that is a major doctrine of demons right now where it's, lower, it's lowering the people's defense mechanism to say, I gotta be on point. I gotta get myself ready more spiritually, right? Because if we're gonna be persecuted, God is gonna allow that. Persecution is part of this walk where we're going to have to prepare to see the Antichrist. And just want to really read it quickly, right? Let's read it real quick. We have the, the scripture here. Just want to make sure everybody's seeing that there. Uh, should be coming on. All right, here we go. All right, everybody sees that there? No, I see the definition. Um, what scripture are you going to? We're going to go to 2 Thessalonians. We're going to read that real oh. quick. Oh, yeah. yes, I see it up there. Okay. Oh, sorry. Okay. And it says here in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, verse 3 through 5 or 4, let no one deceive you. Once again, this is a theme that you see in the, in the last days where Jesus himself said the same thing. Let no one deceive you. Paul saying the same thing. When you see something two to three, four times in the scripture, you better be aware that the Holy Spirit is using that to warn us. So he's saying, let no one deceive you by any means for that day with a capital D will not come unless the falling away, the apostasia comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, right? And that's basically it right there. So the falling away, right? There's a conjunction here. The falling away comes first and then the man of sin is going to be revealed. And that yep. falling away, like Brother Sal said, is going to be increased. It's gonna it's gonna get worse, and we're seeing it right now get really bad. Yep. Seeing it get bad. Amen. 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 Any any of you brothers want to add to that? Oh no, I one hundred percent agree. You know that it's definitely these these changes and these things are taking place. You know, in order for us to believe them, we definitely you know we've got to be self focused. We're not even thinking about the Lord. You know, now that I have um, grown so much in the Lord over the years, you know, my thing is I couldn't give heed to a doctrine like that because, you know, to look at the life of Paul, to look at the life of Peter, to look at the life of all the disciples, man, all those, those prophets, man, those martyrs, those that were even after the fact, you know, like not too far from history, you know, those were persecuted. Why would I want to get out of here, man, knowing that that's my badge of honor? All the crowns of righteousness are given to overcomers. Why would I even want to get out of here? No, I would want to be able to bear my burden just like the rest of them, you know? But you have some that wouldn't mind going straight to heaven. Oh, yeah. Not even earning it, you know what I'm saying? Not even, not even going through the fire and totally feeling justified. You know, <laughs> it's crazy, but it's true, man. You know, nothing wrong with wanting to go to heaven, but what price are you willing to pay to get there, man? Do you believe Jesus? Are you in it with him? And I look at the marriage with Jesus Christ, bro, like, you know, the, the same thing we do when we do our vows, for better or for worse, for richer or for poor, in sickness and in health, till death do us part. Hey, I'm Amen. in it. And that's the kind of people you even want around you as a minister. That's the kind of person you want around you even to have family or 
whatever, man. You want that, you know, connection, man. You want that loyalty, that faithfulness. So, yeah, that's all I got. Amen. Yeah, that's true. And then uh, they also they also use other scripture like uh, uh, in in Revelation with the, the church of Philadelphia saying that he'll keep you from the time of trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, that they, they everybody wants to be the church of Philadelphia. that got a good report, but nobody wants to be Smyrna. Right. God, Jesus Christ had nothing to complain about Smyrna. You know, they were poor. Uh, they, they were uh, uh, poor, but they were rich in spirit. Mm-hmm. But they, they are going to get persecuted. Jesus Christ uh, promised them persecution, the church in Smyrna. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, another thing that, that can, uh, you know, pe- people don't want to look at what, what the Bible says in Matthew 24 about, about the rapture. You know, because in 24, 29, it says immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of heavens will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the son of man. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the man, they will see the son of man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. He's going to be coming in the clouds. Where do we get caught up to? In the clouds. When? After the tribulation of those days. And then he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from, from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Case closed. There, there is no pre-tribulation rapture. That's it. You know what I mean? But people will say, oh, um, that right there is written to Jews. You know, he was talking to the Jews in those days. Well, guess what? We're all Jews. We're grafted into the, the cultivated olive tree. Once we're born again, we're Jews. We're of the lineage of Christ. Yeah. Abraham so indeed, yeah. Amen, bro. And if you look at, uh, you know, Revelation 3 and 10, when it talks about keeping Philadelphia from the hour of temptation, he wasn't saying keeping them from harm. He was basically saying that they wouldn't be given over to it, you know? So that's that's the, the thing that everybody must go through. Yep. Yep. You Especially got to go now. Through. I mean, we're we're very comfortable in the West. You know, people they we don't even understand what it is to go without food, right? Not because we're fasting, but just to go without food. Hey, we got no food, or you know, we have no electricity. Right, no running water in some cases, sleeping out in the field. You know what I'm saying? These are these are things that Christians are going through in other countries. And God is not going to spare the West, particularly the United States, from that or Europe from that. And I believe we're going into these times. And it's great that we're kind of tying into the, the first three chapters of Revelation, which is the panoramic view of the church throughout church, the church age, right? You got the first seven letters that the first three chapters of Revelation are, I believe, one of the most important ones besides, you know, Revelation 13, you got 19, and then you got 14 and also 12 about the dragon and his heads. Those are like really important chapters. So given that fact, I want to go into what the lukewarm spirit, how the church has been bathed in a lukewarm spirit. And I want to go into really quickly to give everybody a definition. Really, what is what is lukewarmness, right? Like, what is the definition? Why did Jesus talk about uh, a lukewarm 
church in general. Um, let me just move this over. You guys see that? Mm -hmm. All right. So it says here, lukewarm. It says tepid, neither hot nor cold. Revelation 3.16. So then, this is Jesus speaking. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. If Jesus is going to vomit somebody out of their mouth, they're not... You're going to be saved after that? No, he's saying, I'm going to, I'm going to expel you out. The city of Laodicea, I want to continue reading here. It says the city of Laodicea received its water from an aqueduct several miles long. The lukewarm water that arrived at the city served as, as an appropriate illustration for a tasteless, good-for-nothing Christianity. The For a tasteless, Good for nothing Christianity. And what did Jesus say? If a salt, if you're salt and you lose your flavor, you lose your salt, you are good for nothing. Mm -hmm. For men to trample you underfoot. That's what Jesus said. We're, we're giving you red letters. We're not giving you our opinion. So Jesus used an example of the lukewarm water in the book of Revelation, the last church he wrote to or told John to write to, that lukewarm water was arriving in the city, and it was a perfect illustration of basically how tasteless and good for nothing it was. And he was using and equating that as how a Christian can become that. And we got to be careful that that does not happen to us. And that's leading up to the last question. How has the spirit of lukewarmness been released in the church as a whole? Brother Sal, how is that? I mean, how has that spirit of lukewarmness been released in the church as a whole? How have you seen that been released as of late? Lukewarmness? Well, I would say just it's a spirit of apathy, you know, not caring. Uh, and I think it ties back into what Brother Derek said about self, you know. Um, and, and even the doctors, of, uh, the one doctrine of demons that we were talking about, um, uh, about the pre-trib rapture. You know, it, it'll get you to become complacent. It'll bring you to a place where it, it, it's pretty much you, you grab a, a large popcorn and a Coke and, and you're going to sit in a movie theater, you know, watching Christianity play out. But that's not the way it is, you know, because you, you think that just because you're on one side of the screen watching the thing play out, you think you're in it. But you're not in it. You're just watching. You're a spectator, and you're eating popcorn and drinking a coke, you know. And 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 those types of things, um, you know, uh, are are harmful to the body. They're harmful to a person, you know. So and and I've found out, man. Just you know, the the spirit of lukewarmness came upon me. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not ashamed to say it. Hey, look, I'm gonna be a a, a, a walking a talking testament to be able to. Uh, have the balls and the courage to stay on this podcast and say, "Hey, look, I, I've I've backslidden before. You know, I've 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 drank beer before. I've I've been lukewarm. We're we're all just like go uh, weeks without even reading the Bible. You know, or praying. It's happened to me. So I can speak from experience that look, you have to you have to engage. the The Bible says that if you draw near unto God, He will draw near unto you. So are you going to draw near to God or are you just going to sit around and wait for him to draw near to you? Because that's not going to happen. He wants us to step out in faith. 
You know, he wants us to say, hey, Lord, is that you? If it's you, uh, have me to walk out to you, Lord. And what did Peter do? He walked out on the water. Amen. Jesus brother. told him, come. And he walked out and he was able to because he believed. So we have to step out in faith, man. We we can't just sit around stagnant thinking that that uh that that we're gonna do something for God because if you think about the the uh the the thing that you said about the lukewarmness and the aqueduct mm -hmm. if you think about water if you get a pool of water or like a pond per se and there's no flowing water in it then that pond is going to be stagnant and it's going to start to rot. Uh, organic matter is going to land in it. It's going to start to rot. The water is going to get smelly. There's going to be reptilians in it, polywogs and toads and frogs and fish and all this other stuff, geese and ducks and, and, and everything else uh, defecating in the water. And it's going to stink. Mm -hmm. But if you have a fresh spring of water, it, the water hasn't been touched by any organic matter. The water hasn't been touched by human hands. The water has not been exposed to the sun, and it's crisp and clean and clear and, and, and readily available for consumption to refresh oneself with. So that, that's where we got to be, you know. The Bible says that, that out of our belly shall flow a river of living waters, you know. So we not only do we need to partake of the the crisp clean water but we also have to produce fresh water to give a drink to somebody else that's in need yeah yeah brother Derek how has the spirit amen brother that's good right there and that's true like when you were talking about the different you know organic matter and those the creatures the reptilians that's a shadowing type of demons yep right there because yep. when you're still when you're stagnant and that starts smelling this world right now is is full of demonic influences and that those things can get on you. You know, demons are persons without bodies for those that, and we're going to be talking about that too. That's going to be an episode in itself. I'm looking forward to that. But uh, brother Derek, how has the spirit of lukewarmness been released in the church as a whole? How have you seen that play out? Well, I definitely think when we take our eyes off of the Lord, you know, when, when it stops being about Jesus, I had a brother um, tell me uh, just yesterday, we were on the phone talking and he basically said, he quoted something that I remember hearing, man, a while back about what Leonard Ravenhill said, that how can we have a dead church with a living God, mm. you know, and, and the only time you ever see things die and not really go anywhere is because, you know, it has a lot to do with where people's attention you know, it's, it's focused. And I think that at times when we love the world, you know, we want to be a part of it. Those things become popular to us. And basically Jesus goes on the back burner. So if Jesus can't govern his church the way that he wants to, if there aren't hearts on fire for him, then, you know, you're going to get people that will settle for worldly things in church and be totally comfortable. And the Bible gives many examples of this, Old Testament and New, how in Elijah's time in 1 Kings 18, the people will halt between two opinions. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't know whether God or Baal, you know, and then you look at Paul's example of the two cups in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, he talks about, you can't drink from two cups. 
the cup that the, the or the, the things that the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice the devils and not to God. So he says, you cannot be a partaker of the Lord's cup and be a part of the cup of devils, you know? So, and, and Jesus, you know, later says, you can't serve two masters. You're either going to love one and hate the, the other. You can't serve God and mammon, you know? And then he talks about that where your treasure is, is where your heart will be. Mm -hmm. So I think the lukewarmness definitely comes in where we place our hearts, what we get into. And when Jesus stops being the focus, when it becomes all about what we can have in this life, man, and, you know, he's playing a close second, he doesn't have the preeminence, then basically he's not going to do a lot, you know, he's not going to be around for a lot, and the church gets governed by men, the church gets governed by philosophy, the church gets governed by all these different things, and man, and when you got people from the street that come in, and they'll see the church, and, you know, basically another college seminar, why should I change my life? Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Why should I do anything? The way that you describe your Jesus and the way that the world is, is about the same. Mm -hmm. So why should I change? And, and, and especially the other thing that really breathes into the church with lukewarmness is hypocrisy. You know, and when you got that man flowing in the church, then you got a lot of people that will just straight up say, you know, this is a Christian. So I think there are too many people modeling themselves after others mm. instead of modeling themselves after Christ. Who's a Christian? Jesus. Yeah. And those who believe on him and those who are seeking to walk and live for him. But there are too many examples today. That, that clown in the pulpit is, a, is a, a man of God, but he's saying everything contrary to God. Mm. You know, so what do I believe here? So, you know, I, I would encourage anybody seeking the Lord and wanting to come to him to really model your life after Jesus. Read the scriptures. Man is fallible. Man can fail you. Not that you shouldn't trust in godly government. Not that you shouldn't trust in good brothers and pastors and men who are doing the will of God. But model your life after Jesus. Because I think sometimes, you know, like the Bible says, emulation is a work of the flesh. We try and emulate. We try and be like other people. And, you know, we, we really need to be like Jesus. Amen. Amen, brother. <laughs> Even Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Paul's life was an example to the people he was around. Mm -hmm. you know, he even when he was left alone and he was abandoned yes Paul was abandoned he was left alone at one point in his ministry he said and I still God gave me the strength and the boldness to still share the gospel mm -hmm. so it's the modeling if you're seeing leaders they they're supposed to be modeling their life of sacrifice mm -hmm. because the Christian life is a life of self-sacrifice which is totally contrary to self and being lukewarm and one thing Jesus did say was I'd rather you be hot or, you know, or cold, because if you're in the middle, there's not like what we just read. He's going to spit you out his mouth. But when you're hot or cold, hey, if you're cold, he can work with you. He can get you hot. And if you're hot, he can keep that that flame going. He can keep that heat up. But if you're in the middle, you're in a you're in a tough spot. You're in a dangerous place. And that's why we even do these conversations so that if you're saying you believe in Christ, if you're a Christian but yet you're still living like the world, then you have lukewarmness in you. You might not be saved or you might have just fell away. 
Backsliding happens very subtly. The children of Israel were heading back. They were wandering going forward, right? They were going towards the promised land, but they were actually going back because their hearts, it was inside. Physically, they were going forward. They were going to Kadesh Barnea, right? That was the place where they were going to launch, you know, their assault on the promised land, the land of Canaan. But on the inside, they were going back because they were thinking about Egypt. It's a shadowing type of the world. Egypt is a shadowing type of the world. They were thinking about Egypt. They're walking forward to the promised land, but saying, why am I out here? I want those onions and those leeks and the food in Egypt. That's what was happening. They're walking towards the promised land talking about, but I had this in Egypt. That can happen to any one of us if yep. we're careful. And like what Brother Sal said, hey, we got the logs are coming together to create the fire. And then also we're doing the disciplines necessary spiritually to keep the fire burning. So it exactly. works hand in hand. Exactly. Amen. That's the, exactly right. The fear of the Lord is what's missing too, man. Yes. When there's no fear of the Lord, man, you're going to find rebellion everywhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, just want to share with everybody that's, that's going to, you know, see this message on Facebook, on a timeline. You know, if you're up to this part, man, we, we implore you, man. We beg you, get yourself right with Christ. If you do not know Jesus, repent of your sins. That means turn away from your sins, your, old, your life that you're living now, the drugging, the thugging, the sexing, and turn to Jesus and say, Lord, wash me clean. I want to follow you and I want you to be the Lord of my life. What you believe is going to play out in your obedience. It's not, people say, you just got to believe. Well, yeah, I could believe a lot of things, but it's not working out in my life, yeah. right? You got to believe and be obedient. Your belief system is going to dictate how you live. That's right. That's what believing is. Mm -hmm. So if you do not know Christ and you're hearing us from another country on the podcast or on the video, if you're watching us on social media, turn to Jesus Christ, repent of your sins. Hell is real. He saves us from the wrath to come. Look, the tribulation is because God is going to pour out his wrath on this earth. He's going to pour out his wrath on rebels, people that rejected the free gift of salvation. God is not just a teddy bear. He loves, he's merciful, he's graceful, and he's long-suffering. He forgives long, but there's a day where the ark is closed, and he says, that's it. And I believe we're getting close there. So I just want to warn everybody in love, hey, turn to Jesus, get right with God, turn from your sins, follow him. And if you're following him in a lukewarm state, just get cold so he can get you hot. You know what I'm saying? Or get hot so he can keep that flame going. Don't be in that middle because what we just read, I wish you were either hot or cold because I was, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. So, and I believe that he said, I'm going to spit you out of my body, out of the church. That's right. His mouth is part of his body. Mm -hmm. So he said, I'm going to spit you out of the body. The Bible also says in the New Testament, those that bear fruit, the trees that bear fruit, stay around. Those that are not bearing fruit, he cuts down and then he bundles them up and puts them in the fire. I mean, that, these are things that I believe that we don't discuss and we don't read in church because, hey, they, they can be challenging to us, but we should. When God challenges us, it's because he does care for us because he knows the human nature. He knows we have a tendency to be going towards the inheritance in the promised land, but yet thinking about Egypt. 
and the food we have back there. That's that's human nature. That's a battle in us. Yeah. So something you you just uh, made something click in my mind, bro. When you said, uh, "Well, spew you out of my mouth," you know, it, it you said that uh, that he basically is going to spew you out of the body. But you know, um, what you could use for that is, uh, you know, nowadays you could hear a lot of people saying, "Hey, man, you got to keep your keep my name out your mouth." You know, you hear hear everybody saying that, but yeah. him spewing you out of his mouth is maybe spewing you out of your your name out of his mouth so because we have an advocate with a father with him and he's always bringing our name forth to him so maybe he's just gonna you know spit our name out of his mouth and he won't ever bring you up to to god ever again and you'll be cast away and you don't want to come to the point to where your name is blotted out of the lamb's book of life man because that's a that's a terrifying situation right there Amen, man. That's true. I never thought of it like that, that he may not even just mention you again. That's, yep. you know, that's terrifying. But see, that's the fear of the Lord. Yep. And there's not a lot of that preached. You know, you can just go do what you want. You know, and you got it even from, man, I want to say the congregation, even unto the pulpit, just yeah, everybody doing what they want, man. Everybody feeling like I'm justified to willfully sin. You know, the Bible tells us what sin is, but sometimes if we're not careful with our mouths, you know, a lot of a lot of things can show lukewarmness, especially when God has cleaned you from a thing and you go back to speaking about things or doing things, you know, it, it just, that is backsliding. I know everyone looks at backsliding like, you know, fornication, you know, alcohol or this or that, but no, how about just slandering, you know, how about unclean, you know, thoughts, man, and, and stuff that people do. A lot of these things, man, it constitute backsliding. So, you know, I think that there's just been this uh, softening of sin in people's hearts, you know, where it's just, well, I'm not murdering anybody, so therefore I'm not sinning. When the truth is, sin is sin. Sin is to miss the mark. It's to trespass against the word of God. Yep. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Another thing that, that could encourage people is that uh, when Jesus was talking to the lukewarm church, you know, uh, there's also hope for them because he, he's addressing them. And, and if you go down to verse 19, after he says he's going to spew them out of his mouth, it says, uh, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, be zealous, therefore, and repent. Yes. That's what he says. Yeah. So Repentance is an order, and that, and you know, the, the problem is that that uh, pastors and churches are not preaching against sin. Yes, they're they're, they're preaching uh, good, uh, feel good messages, tickling ears, and all sorts of things. Instead of rebuking sin and pointing sin out, you know, they they want to draw the masses so that the that there could be an increase in membership, and therefore there there'll be an increase in money. But you know. Uh, you know, scripture interprets scripture. So, uh, you know, the chastening and the rebuking, if you look in Hebrews uh, 12, 6 through 8, it says, for whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges, even every son whom he re receives, if he endures chastening, God deals with you as sons. For what son is he whom the father does not chasten? But if you are without chastisement, wherefore all are partakers, 
then you are bastards and not sons. So if God stops rebuking you and chastening you, then you're a bastard. You're not a son of God. You know? so, so basically, the, the church in Laodicea, the lukewarm church, had not gotten to the point to where they, they are not being chastened because Jesus Christ is still rebuking them. Amen, brother. And you know what? That is, I believe, what brings on that lukewarm spirit. All in all, when you are in a local body and you're not being rebuked and reproved, right? Reprove. This is what Paul told Timothy. Reprove, rebuke with all long suffering. Correct? That was part of being a disciple and listening to messages of, of Christ. And he even himself taught that way. And if you're listening now and you've never heard this and you're like, wow, these guys sound judgmental <laughs> because this is foreign to many, it's because more than likely there's some lukewarmness in your church. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. You want wisdom? There is the, it's the fear of God. The Bible says that fools hate correction. You know, we, and this is the book of wisdom. Fools hate correction. That means that if you don't like being corrected, you're a fool in God's eyes. And if you don't have the fear of God, then you don't, you lack wisdom. And the Bible says, seek understanding and seek wisdom. That's, that's a command right there for all of us, you know, in the faith. So, you know, don't be taken aback by what we're saying. Sin is sin. And the Lord is actually bringing it to the forefront. If we're living in a a heightened state of immorality, right? The Lord is going to, the Holy Spirit is going to bring sin to the forefront. It says that the Holy Spirit's job is to what? Convict us of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. That's actually one of his ministries right there. To convict us of sin, to tell us about righteousness, and to also show us judgment and to even sometimes bring judgment like he did with Ananias and Sapphira. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we're dealing with a serious God. He means what he says. He says what it means. He says what he means. And he means what he says. And we got to be careful with how what we're listening to is not challenging us. We should yeah. be challenged. An athlete gets challenged, right? An athlete wants to get to the next level. The Christian faith is equated to an athlete training. That's what Paul said. You know, we strive for a, a crown that's everlasting. While these are, they're striving for a crown that, that can perish. So a, an athlete challenges himself. He wants to jump higher. He's doing jumping drills. He's going through the, mo the rigors of that. And that's what being under good sound doctrine is, staying away from the lukewarm spirit that's actually permeating the world. It's even permeating the world in the, in the third world, you know, where there is persecution because people don't really want to commit. You know, technology has people low to sleep and people are addicted to what they're watching and the, the screens in front of them. So, and other things, pornography is a major one that can turn you into, into something totally different. So yeah. these, are, these are things that we're going to be discussing on this podcast. And look, I, pro I won't probably be invited to many churches to speak. I'm fine with that. You know what I'm saying? And I know these brothers probably are not going to get a lot of invitations dropped in their mailbox or an email talking about come speak at my church because, you know, we, we come with, with a word of reproof. And it's not because we're being judgmental, because we went through the vigors. I mean, Brother Sow admitted, we, I went through a, a state of backsliddenness when I was first saved, too. I, when I you know, first got saved, I went through a hard time. I expected something to turn out a certain way, and then I was mad at God. You know? And that's also a trick of the enemy. When we expect God to do something, and he doesn't do it. No, 
you know what? God saved us from hell. He saved us from our sins. He's granted us a new life so we can have uh, eternity as our home with him. And then from there, it trickles down the other blessings and the things he wants to do in and through us in our lives. So folks, don't let, don't let this offend you. People get offended when they hear stuff like this. That's why the numbers, you know, you'll hear somebody with a self message, right? They'll get a hundred thousand views or they'll get all these invitations because the message is about your haters. Your hate, you're going to, man, you're going to have a table in the midst of your, you're going to have, God's going to set a table in the midst of your enemies, man. That's, you know, this is that language. Don't fall for that trick, that biblical language of yeah. you know, your haters. God will let your enemies overcome you for a season to show you how to humble yourself, cry out to him. And he'll, he'll do the work, but he uses other things to chastise us. Like Brother Sal said, chastisement is for the sons and daughters of God. It's for us. That's how we learn to be like Jesus. He learned Amen. history. You know what I'm saying? And, and you, know what, you know what's crazy, bro? Like, like, like they'll see us as the bearers of bad news. But uh, check this out, man. I, I told you guys earlier, like, I'm going to go have a procedure done. So I'm going to go. The, the doctor's going to check me out. And, and at the end of this, he's going to look at the results. And, and what would you think? Is, is this doctor going to be a good doctor if he finds something and withholds that information from me? Is, is he going to be evil and, and, and he's going to let me die when he could just say, hey, look, this is what the test results say. But you know what? Um, in my mind, uh, I don't want to hurt his feelings because, you know, he, he's happy. He's everything else. But he, he's, he's going to die. Yep. Is he going to be evil for, for telling me these things? No, I'm going to appreciate it. I'm going to, I'm going to hate the news if there's something wrong. But if, there, if I have a clean record, then no harm, no foul. But if he withholds that information from me for fear of offending me, then that person is evil and wicked, bro. Because not only is he not doing what he's supposed to do, but he's also uh, 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 taking my life into his own hand and, and, and allowing me to die. And he's not allowing you to do what you can do with the exactly. bad news. Like how you would repent. He's not allowing you to say, okay, man, now that I know this is what I can choose whether or not I might need a procedure, you know, Amen. Or, or I may need to eat better. I may need to have this or that. So you see, they don't allow the, the, uh, you know, the, the choice for repentance or to be able to change one's mind and do some things different. That's a perfect example. Amen. Yep. Amen. Amen. And, you know, we're in a time right now where the reproof of the Lord is not being heard enough, right? It's not being heard enough. And I'm not, I'm not trying to, we're not trying to harp on that side, but it's just not being heard enough. It's too, you know, we can, we can read certain things in scriptures that are not challenging to us, but that's not the Christian life. The Christian life is a life of, of warfare. Those that, are, those that are entangled in warfare are not involved in the things of this life because they want to please the one who enlisted him. That's what Paul, this, this is the language of the scripture, right? Those entangled in warfare, not, we're not entangled in worldly affairs, right? We're, we're living in the world, but we're not of it. We're, we're paying our bills. We're being responsible. We can enjoy the things of the world, but it's not something that holds me here and I'm worshiping and there's an idol. And whether you have 
a lot of money or you're you're a middle class, upper middle class, rich, you know, uh, have a lot of abundance, a lot of uh, assets, those things can change right away. That can change right away. And what does not change is where you're going to spend the eternity. That's not going to change. That's going to be forever. That's going to be fixed in eternity where there is no time and where there, there is no space. Eternity is forever. And that's why we do these messages so you can know that you have a place in eternity with Christ if you're willing to follow him. Your belief system is going to dictate how you live. If you believe it that much, it's going to start changing you. And that's the reason why we're doing this podcast. So, uh, Brother Derek, where can they find uh, information on what you're teaching, what you're bringing to the body of Christ? Can you leave that for us as well? And then, oh, Brother yeah. um, I have uh, some uh, Sound the Trumpet Rumble channel. Okay. My website is soundtrumpetministries.com. Um, I actually got two Rumble channels. Um, but yeah, it's Sound the Trumpet Ministries. You guys will. Um, see it there. I'll leave my information. I teach uh, Sundays at 4.05 p.m. Pacific time, 7.05 p.m. Eastern time, and Tuesday, 5.35 p.m. Pacific time, 8.35 p.m. Eastern time. Okay. Brother Sal, where can they find you if they want to reach out to everybody? Anybody has questions? We want to we wanna engage people. It's a two-way conversation. Okay. So I could say that you could find me for right now on Facebook. Uh, at Sal Pacheco, um, uh, you could uh, also drop an email to me if if you need to uh, contact me. Uh, it's Pacheco P A C H E C O C O N S T at live dot com. Uh, I could take your email if you have any questions. Um, um, pretty soon, I'll be launching a YouTube channel, and um, I'm getting some things prepared so that I could. Uh, do uh do a, a message that i that i'm working on right now um on the parallels uh between um isaac and jesus christ you know and, and about the crucifixion of, about the sacrifice so uh that's that's going to be the first message that i do but i am going to launch a youtube channel first um or soon and then uh i will let you know uh and i'll be posting stuff on on Facebook as well. So I, I don't know, I might go live on Facebook and put that first. So I don't know, depending on, I got to work out this channel situation, but yeah, Pacheco, uh, C-O-N-S-T at live.com and Sal Pacheco on Facebook. Amen. This is episode four of the state of the church and biblical prophecy. And this is not was church. episode three. <laughs> oh, no, it's uh, episode four. We did three already. Oh, okay. four. And uh, it, we're going to we have a good season, folks, lined up because we're going to be discussing topics that are really going to bring a lot of things to the surface. We back everything up with scripture here. And uh, we want to even if you don't agree with us, we would like to hear from you. That's fine. And we would like to show it through what we what we're talking about. We want to we can show it through scripture. So if you don't agree with us, come to it, too. We want to talk. And that's why we're doing this podcast. So thank you very much for listening. We pray that this blessed you and edified you. If you do not know Jesus Christ, come to him now. Get saved, turn from your sin, repent of your sins, follow the Lord Jesus Christ so you can be saved from the wrath to come. That is the gospel. Jesus rose on the third day for your sins because he had to die for your sins. 
without the remission, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. So there's one that shed his divine blood for you and for me. These brothers are in it. We're not perfect individuals, but you know what? We're sanctified individuals set apart for Jesus Christ by his grace. And you can be the same. Don't talk about, I got to get my, my life right. Hey, that's impossible. None of us can get our lives right without Christ. We need him to do it. Humble yourself, come to Jesus. He loves you enough that he wants to save you from your sins. We'll see you on episode five the next week. And God bless you. Bye-bye. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. See you guys. See you later, guys.